Oh, like, should so I just rub my beard on do you wanna, it? Do you want us all talk? <laughs> let's all talk. Yeah. Like, do we need just to all, do we, all rub our beards? Do we need to talk quieter? <clears throat> I think we're talk just talking normal. like this. And let's should, I, should I sit this close well, when I'm talking? Talk, let's find out. Jordan's finding out right now. Stop talking, Max. <laughs> Can you hear me? What's the level on this when I'm sitting this close? Do-re-mi-fa-so-la-ti-do. On today's episode, we talk about what we watched last week. We dive into a review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And then we talk a little bit Hellboy and a little bit more as well. It's all happening right now. This is Cinemaxtic. <laughs> To the latest episode of Cinemaxtic, I want to welcome you all into our cozy little audio den as we get ready to speak more movies. Um, and uh, yeah, really just cover a wide range of things. We're going to take up most of this podcast with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but we're going to keep it short and sweet this week. We're going to we're going to try and keep it under an hour because our our boy in blue, our main honcho. Uh, Jordan Katzer, our production manager, is a little under the weather, so we want to be able to get in and get out of here without being in his hair too much. So, without further ado, it's time to do our introductions that we are so accustomed to doing weekly. As always, it is your host Max Leadham at Max Fozzie, Cinemaxic himself. Yet, Cinemaxic is so so much more. It's so much more, in fact, that three of those people that make it more. I don't know where this sentence is going. Tanner Rush on my left. Danger Rush. How are we doing today, buddy? Welcome back to another Cinemaxic podcast. Feeling good. Feeling dangerous as usual. Getting sweaty over there? A little. A little. He's got his Ooh. diet. Uh, no, not his diet. He's got his Dr. Pepper and his Jameson rolling right now. He, he's feeling good. Across the table, diagonal to my left, I have Tim Reichmuth. Hey, yo. Back again as a constant co-host. He's back, and he he's actually watched the movies this week. Yes, I've uh, I've prepared. I uh, watched them. I was tired of being ridiculed. The end of every introduction. I never like, said anything, I but I, I I could feel the the gaze. I think that was all of judgment. <laughs> oh, and I, I think uh, I think. No, I'm ready. Well, you're ready. It's gonna be a good, good podcast. Go. And then across the table, my brother from the same mother, Chusker, Chucky, Clutchy Chuck, Charlie. Charlie Lita, my brother. Charlie, welcome back to the podcast. Our new bi-weekly, at the very least, co-host. That's right. This boy is going to be on at least twice a month. Charlie, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing real good. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you guys were able to switch around the schedule a little bit so I could get in on this hot action. Talk about some movies. I'm ready to go. Well, we were more than happy to have you on the podcast last time, and I'm excited to have you back on, brother. So without further ado, we're going to just dive in to our uh, first kind of topic of the day. We're really just, let's talk about what we watched. Let's talk about what we watched. Charlie, you told me this week that you watched Alien for the first time. Well, give me some quick thoughts on that. That's right. I saw Alien for the very first time. I don't know why I haven't watched it up until this point, but finally compiled a list of movies that my roommate had never seen. And Alien was on there, and I hadn't seen it, so we went ahead and did it, and it didn't didn't disappoint. It's a good movie. Now it's it's 
It's really good. Now yeah. I haven't seen Alien. I've always been thinking. Oh, for, Max, 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 I Max. Know. I haven't. I know. I need to see it. But what I've always wondered is Alien. Is that because it seems like the future installments have been strictly horror? Is Alien a horror movie, or is it more of a space adventure with thriller, it's like thriller dynamic? suspense? Um, I wouldn't say straight horror. Wouldn't you say um, it's like a thriller suspense kind of? I mean, it, it has horror elements. I mean, there is a monster. There is, you know, scary moments in that movie. It's a very uncomfortable movie to watch. Uh, there's a lot of scenes in there that really had me just cringing because it was so uncomfortable. Um, weird uh, things that uh, were in that movie that had to deal with some robots and stuff that I thought was a little unnecessary. Um, but overall, it was a great movie. Is, Glad is, I watched it. So, yeah, there's uh, seemingly really uncomfortable bits there too i mean everyone seemingly i think everyone here has seen the chestburster scene at least that's one of the most iconic oh, yeah. horror moments in movie history especially considering that was all practical effects and everything that was uh that i mean i've never seen the movie i've seen that scene and that scene is incredibly uncomfortable to watch oh yeah and it's what an interesting little fact about that scene is that you know the story yeah Yeah. is that the cast and crew were not aware that that was going to happen so all the reactions that are in that movie during that scene are legitimate reactions oh wow yeah so i thought that was pretty interesting but yeah the movie as a whole, is very uncomfortable to watch. Right. But if you like feeling uncomfortable and feeling afraid, I mean, it's a good movie. That that guy, the way he was reacting to that chest burster, kind of reminded me of after a bad night at the Pizza Hut. Am I right, boys? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, for for you Harry Potter fans in the room, um, the man whose chest gets bursted is John Hurt, mm-hmm. who was the uh, Olive Olive Wander. Olive Hander. Olive Hander. Olive Hander. Yep, that man. Olive Wander. Yeah. Yeah. I always think <laughs> a of wonderful him, olive. A wonderful I always olive. think of him as the guy from V for Vendetta. Yeah. He's also in uh, the Proposition. Yeah. He's in a no, lot. No, no. He's stuff. only been in one movie. And it's, well, John Hurt passed eight. away this year. Did he really? Yes. Yes, he did. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. John Hurt. R.I.P. So, is this Alien? Is that the one with the battle scene? Where Sigourney Weaver is in That's the robot. Aliens. That's the sequel. That's the second one. Okay. There's aliens. Yeah, because I was expecting that scene. That's the and sequel. It yeah. Never came. Yeah. This is this is one of those movies that I've seen bits and parts, but it kind of was popular at the wrong time zone when I wasn't really watching those types of movies because I was so young. Yeah. Um, That's me with Austin Powers. Um. So aliens is more of an action film um still very much there's horror elements in it uh more of a more of just a straight up action film um of course as the name implies there is more than one alien in alien there is a mm. single alien unless you want to count the face hugger as two aliens yeah. then um but aliens has an army of the the xenomorph creatures is Alien 3 also more of an action movie? I couldn't remember which one had, like, the mech suits and was just straight-up action. So not even it's a... Aliens. Um, Alien gotcha, okay. 3 or Alien um, Cubed, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, that's kind of an interesting production. That was, I think, David Fincher's first big-budget oh, 
movie and he had such a horrible experience with the studio on that that he kind of fell away from movies for a couple of years but then is you know come back um years ago even alien 3 came out a long time ago um that's that's kind of more of pulls back to alien with just the single alien monster um it's not a good movie people will tell you the director's cut is better neither cuts particularly good in my opinion i'll just say this if you need to say hey that director's cut makes that movie worth watching the movie's not good to begin with. uh kingdom of heaven ridley scott the uh, uh i guess blade crusades runner, epic and blade runner also ridley scott yes see ridley scott if it's a ridley scott need... film watch the director's cut <laughs> apparently yeah um, so you know, unfortunately you gotta saddle up for about an hour and a half more film yeah well once you start talking director's cuts, you start getting up into that four bills. <laughs> well, that's how I. Well, that's how I also feel about you know Batman vs Superman because the theatrical cut of that movie is not not good at all. It's dull. It's boring. It's confusing. Yeah, it was bad. And and the director's cut is far superior. It adds about thirty minute, thirty five minutes of additional film, and it does make it better. But I, it's even harder for me to say. Yeah, well, go watch the director's cut because you'll still come back to like. Yeah, that was okay. That wasn't much. I mean, it was better, but I mean, I don't appreciate having to watch three hours and 15 minutes of whatever that was. So, um, yeah, no, I, that's how my relationship is with those. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's funny, too. Now, do, with the Alien movie, it seems like people enjoy this, too, because they people act smart, whereas a lot of people with the new Alien movie say they're super smart scientists acting like dumbasses, well, going completely against protocol and stuff. So what I think is so great about Alien, um, A, it's just, it's a master class in atmosphere and tension mm -hmm. building. Just the opening credit sequence, oh you have goodness. this panning shot of like this planet, these stars, and just each individual line of each letter for the alien just comes in slowly one after the other. Mm -hmm. So the title slowly builds. Yeah, so you've got cool. this, this sense of tension is just baked into the film from the the opening sequence but as for the characters yeah they are they're not dumb um they don't really fall into those uh horror movie like stereotypes um they're all very much like just these they're space truckers basically they're just blue collar working types trying miners. to do miners yeah do any of the uh, professors cell phones lose service there's no phones oh. yeah there's no phones, but it's basically <laughs> the whole thing goes awry based on uh, actual like legitimate things that would happen. To right. Scientists. Well, it you, falls apart in a very believable way. Yeah. You find out that someone has an ulterior motive, basically, mm. and it kind of just goes down. And then you find out the person that has the ulterior motive isn't really what he is. And I th thought that was that weird. Was, that was weird. It was a really weird scene. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. confused. That's interesting. Well, I definitely. Yeah. With the magazines. He's trying to force magazines down someone's throat, which yeah. is well, an interesting well, way to go about trying to kill someone. Well, I definitely, I, I definitely feel like that's a <clears throat> a movie. I think I I will have to watch. Tim, I know that was on sale on Black Friday. I think uh, our buddy Tyler bought the entire four four movie. Yeah, set. I have so a quadrilogy myself. <laughs> you're a quad. You are, you're a quadrilogist. I have the the full oh. quad. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a mighty. Who's the fourth quad. one? Is that? Alien Resurrection is total garbage. Worth uh, watching with some buddies if you want to get loose and have a good chuckle, but 
it's a Joss Whedon film, which is surprising because he's generally seen. I'm sorry, no, he wrote the script for it. He did not direct uh, it, but um, uh, you can tell because there's a total clash of vision with yeah. the like direction the and the script. And the it's just it's yeah. a goofy, goofy I think mess. I'm actually, read about this. There's definitely a mess there. Yeah, um, but Tim uh, or, or, or Tanner, what did you guys watch this week outside of Alien? Um, I don't. Nothing in particular, because I have something I want to say. I might have watched this before the last episode. That's I'm going right. to count it though. Um, <laughs> blind spotting. I don't know if I brought it up. Did I bring it up? No, never mind. Talked, no, I don't think we talked much about it. I think you just brought it up. Oh, it's good. Um, I think I did already talk about it. I rented Paddington too. I need to watch Finally. that. Uh, yes. haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, man. Oof, that final scene. It's sitting in my room, dude. I, I, I'll never forget. <laughs> I went and saw this with Paige, and we were like laughing at a bunch of parts where like the kids are supposed to cry, like they're going for like the tearjerker moments for the kids when the adults who you know aren't gonna be fooled by yeah, Paddington obviously isn't gonna die, but the kids will think he does, right? Spoilers. And we would. Yeah, well, we look. Yeah, at, you're yeah. ruining this. Paddington doesn't die, dude. We would look at. We would look at each other and we would pretend to cry. We're like, oh, so sad, right? But we would still love the movie. We weren't mocking it. We were just jokingly do that. And then the final scene happens, and Paige looks at me and goes, "Are you actually crying?" And I am <laughs> a wreck, dude. I am a puddle. I am sobbing. It was one of the most touching moments in in, in a movie that I have ever seen. It was that touching. I was like. Oh. And then I just lost it. So um, something I watched this week, though, I was really uh, wanting to dive into uh, the old Back to the Future trilogy again. The old, the old dive in? The old dive in. You know me. Yeah, we were admonished by Jordan during our trilogy <laughs> discussion for not bringing up Back to the Future. Yeah, and that made me yep. want to watch Back to the Future again. So I, I went ahead and watched Back to the Future. Actually, very funny thing now that Charlie Charlie's here. This is I remember <laughs> the exact time or now the exact way i watched back to the future the first time charlie was very sick with the first time i watched it dad had bought back to the future the trilogy on dvd and he's like hey do you want to watch these movies we were like yeah so we decided to watch them as a family now charlie was super sick and only watched the first one and mom made him go to bed but it was like a friday night it was eight and charlie needed to get to bed because he was sick but I, after seeing the first one, I was like, I need to see the second one immediately. And I was probably like eight. And I was like, I have to watch this next movie. Um, so we watched the next movie. It was in our old house and it was in the basement. I remember it playing as day. It's very, very crazy. I just remember being blown away by all the visuals and, and just the what they came up with for the future. I remember the hoverboard being the one of the coolest things. But let's be honest, the coolest thing in that entire damn movie was the mini pizza going into the pizza oven coming out a fully baked hand tossed pizza hut pizza just like they just put in that and i'm like well that's what i want out of the future forget about big pizza forget about big yeah forget about hoverboards forget about flying cars forget about cures to diseases not the quick dry dra- jacket i want to be able to put a single pizza roll in an oven and have it be turned into a large pepperoni pizza in a snap of a finger I gotta say, uh, I wish that there were those self-tightening shoes 
Ooh. Nike Ooh. actually made uh, like 30 pairs and put them up for auction, and they sold for like $30,000 a pair. Yeah, no, I think Seth Rogen actually owns a pair of them. Yeah, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised. They are. I don't think they actually self-time. Actually, no, he... he he wore the pair. Oh, so this that's actually a true funny story. He wore the pair at the Oscars last year, and Michael J. Fox and him came out of the DeLorean, and he was wearing the self-tightening shoes. Well, he talked about this later, that he said they literally brought them to him in a lockbox that was guarded, like handcuffed to someone's wrist. They popped it open. They let him put them on. He did the bit, and then literally, as soon as he was coming off stage, they were right there saying... Get them off your feet now. And he took them off and gave them back. Probably because they were owned by someone and they're just letting them lend them because oh, they're now going to be super valuable since there's only 30 pairs ever made. Oh, yeah. The Air Mag. The Air Mag. Yeah. Those are some sick sneaks. Yeah. <laughs> They're dope. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> sorry. Hey, you know, it's fine. It's fine. What uh, were you saying? What do you want to talk about? What well, I was just going to bring up a few movies I brought, I watched this week. Uh, all right. Whittle it down to they, one. <laughs> two. Can we do two, no, please? Just, just please. It it's fine. I'm Come just on, this, this is the first podcast I can talk about a bunch of movies. Go for it. Uh, no. So I watched They Shall Not Grow Old. That's a very, oh. very good movie. It's, it's free on streaming actually somewhere, right? What? Isn't it? I think it's free on BBC. What? I think you can watch it on BBC. Not entirely sure, but I went to the nearest uh, cinema cinema theater, and I saw They Shall Not Grow Old. It's very cool what Peter Jackson did. He got old footage and like put it together and added color, and then World War One, World War One footage. Yes, um, I mean throughout the entire film, it's just you know voiceovers of people telling exactly what they experienced. Oh, um, I thought they were. I th- I'm sorry. Yeah, I misunderstood. So it, it's kind of like a, a documentary, I guess. I, I thought but, they had voice actors like literally. Say so they what did have they that too. They readers. did that. They had lip. Re- so they they did lip readers where um, they would just kind of you know bring the the film to life where you could actually hear what was happening. Um, they'd have like you know, mortars in the background, gunshots. It's very cool. It's very very well done. I haven't seen anything like that because you know if you look at the old footage, it. It's like very quick, short clips, um, and you don't have the good audio with it either. Um, I would definitely recommend going to see that if you know sure. if you have time. I think was it there was only supposed to be like two nights this month, right? That that's playing in some I theaters. Think so. yes. I think it's I think it the twenty seventh is maybe the next e- night. Yes, I think so. Actually, yeah, I've been meaning to I've been meaning to see it. Oh, I actually got invited to go see it. I uh, but. I don't think I'm very interested in watching that. Me and uh, Charles some time ago started playing Battlefield One, mm-hmm. so I got really interested mm-hmm. in the World War One history because I feel like we all went to the same middle school, didn't we? Not Frontier, Frontier Trail, um, Junior High, and uh, FT Jags. I mean, I maybe this is true of all schools, but I feel like World War One kind of gets breezed through to get to World War Two. It oh, does. Definitely. But yeah. like World War One, it, it's it's so fascinating. It's, the, it's really it's, interesting. It's definitely the underappreciated prequel. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean that's certainly one way to put it. Yeah. That's certainly one way to put you it. You know the World sequel War Two was great. World War Two had all Perhaps the stars. Not the best way to put it, but <laughs> I'm yeah. still waiting for the trilogy to com- be completed. When are we going to get World War Three? Stop. Oh, my Stop. gosh. <laughs> it's coming soon. Probably. Uh, but, 
Yeah, that's not what this podcast is about. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I would I would say though, yeah, World War One was definitely passed over in our history classes, but it's really interesting because it goes through you know the whole trench warfare and what the soldiers had to deal deal with. Um, they also kind of touch on the aspect of you know because it's from the British perspective. Uh, when they would go do raids and capture German soldiers, just kind of how they interacted with each other. Like they mm. were not hostile at all. They were just kind of, you know, cool with each other. It was, it was something you wouldn't really expect when there's a war going on. So, yeah, prisoners of war. I mean, there's, there's rules yeah. that you have to follow in war. And well, see, so yeah, the real D bags don't follow those True. rules. But I think uh, for the most part, yeah, things things were pretty civil on that front. I mean, right. I think everyone just knew, like, man, this really sucks bad. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're all in this to together. Suck. It doesn't need to suck any more than it already does. Yeah. yeah. And the, the last thing I'll say about this, the craziest part is the beginning, they're talking about all the people that are enlisting. So in, in England, they had an, an age limit of 19, but there's kids that are going that are 15 years old, yeah. and, you know, lying and Wow, they're fighting that war. Just really crazy and something cool. So I would definitely recommend it, just because you know World War One's one of those lesser known wars. Kind of dives deep in it and really kind of opens you your eyes. Lesser, well, lesser known war. <laughs> well known. Well, you have the Civil War. Less, it is less, less revolutionary uh, war. Studied. Less yes. definitely yeah. in. No, I gotcha. American schools. I mean, yeah. we were obviously involved, but like not. We came in. We came in at the very end. Pretty much, and uh, save the day. We we prefer to talk about World War Two, the the sexy war. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Which, what I feel like I watch, shouldn't Tim? have said that. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> it had all. It had all. I, like, I watch Blazing Saddles. Uh, you haven't seen Blazing Saddles before? Not all of it in one uh, sitting. Man, uh, incredible what they can get away with, like saying and doing in a movie. Compared to what you could do now, just well, completely different. What I will say though is that that movie is clearly satirical. Right, it's very much right. like why Robert Downey Jr. got away with playing a playing wearing blackface in Tropic Thunder. He Robert Downey Jr. wasn't wearing blackface. His character was wearing blackface, and that's what made right. the, the the like somewhat okay in public's eyes. But even then, you know, I do have to agree with you. There's no way that thing in Tropic Thunder would probably pass without some sort of huge uproar. Mm-hmm. And um hilarious well, movie though. As long as you can make people laugh, you can get away with just right. about anything. But yeah. that's that's just I feel like that's also kind of was that's, uh interesting on the topic of Blazing Saddles. I watched this um kind of documentary about Mel Brooks a while ago mm-hmm. and he was talking about just some of his ideas he would pitch to the producers and stuff just to see if they'd be okay with it. And specifically the uh, part in that movie where you see some like thug just punching this old woman in the gut over and over again. Yeah. He yes. didn't think he'd be allowed to, to do that. But uh, the, I remember that. the executive, yeah. whoever he's talking to, says like, if you're going to step up to the bell, you better ring it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that kind of mentality, I guess it's, it's good. That's funny. It would. It would. Maybe not. Good. The way to go yeah, about yeah, it yeah, in it would. 2018. Yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel punches an old lady. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that, that trailer is like clearly that old lady has something to do with the plot of the movie. But they just, I love how they're just like, yeah, have her punch the old lady and then cut it because uh, we don't. We just wanted to make it look like our superhero just punched an old lady on a bus. Oh, we haven't yeah. discussed that yet. Yeah, have we, we won't. No, we won't. 
No, I'm just joking. This, I'm is, not a D- a this is a DC I'm not only a podcast, we've got, right? We've got stuff. <laughs> DC only podcast, Tanner. No, I'm joking. Yeah, we will have to look into that, honestly, that but we weird. haven't discussed it yet. Uh, um, Tim, anyone around out while you watch this real quick? Yeah, I mean, on? well, I, I think that's about all I want to bring up. And then I, the other two movies I've seen, uh, the the new Spider-Man and then Roma, but I think we'll touch on those yeah, later. Yeah, we're definitely going to touch on those. We're actually going to touch on uh, Spider-Man right now because, boys and girls, it's time for a cinematic review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's going to get sticky. Yeah, did you see the cast list? The Spider-Verse? Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Holy crap. Yeah, it's insane. The cast like, There's some lesser note, like, le- lesser character. Yeah. Or, oh. I guess not big. And real fast, real fast, we are going to talk non-spoilerish as much as we can but i'm definitely we're definitely gonna go spoilers i'm gonna let you know when that's gonna happen so you can go ahead and start listening to this review i'm going to clearly say when our spoiler talk will begin okay so with that said yeah the cast list was crazy um and yeah there's there's a few surprises in there obviously one of them would be a spoiler so we won't talk about that right now but yeah quite a large cast the thing that i noticed right off the bat though is that john krasinski apparently dropped out of this movie so yeah, I think by Chris Pine. the last time we brought this up, I said John Krasinski was apparently in the movie, and I guess he must have either been the Spider-Man that Chris Pine voices, or he was That's the, exactly what or he was, he was yeah. Peter B. Parker. Um, although the. Chris Pine Spider-Man makes more sense. I think that's what and it was. And so when I heard him speak in the movie, I'm like, that doesn't sound like John Krasinski. That sounds like Jake Johnson just putting on a voice. But that's why Chris Pine was such a good casting job yeah. because they sound similar, similar enough to that. Like you yeah. buy that he's just a different version right. of well, like, Peter Parker. At the very beginning, I turned to Max. I'm like, that's not Jake Johnson. I was really confused. Yeah. And I was like, that's not John Krasinski. But the, the thing is too, is if you go look at the very first trailer for this, the full, very first full trailer for this, Clearly, John Krasinski is voicing that that Peter Parker is voicing the original Spider-Man there. He, he says, you're just like me. And it sounds exactly like John Krasinski. So he was clearly a part of this film at some point. And obviously scheduling conflicts arose and he wasn't able to commit the entire voice cast voice, uh, his entire voice to this as he was hoping to. Which is funny because uh, they're, oh, let's not go into there. But it just seems <laughs> like not yet. Um, but it just seems like that, that was a funny, a funny thing to happen. Um, quick thoughts on, well, not quick, but what are your thoughts on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Boys? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, yeah. The, the way they presented the animation kind of to make it look like a comic book with Amazing. a little pixelations. Oh my gosh. I thought it was really well done. They're actually trying um, to cop. They're actually trying to patent that technology that made that animation happen. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. It was it was beautiful. I mean, just kind of watched. You felt like you were reading a comic book, and the transitions they had between, you know, telling the origin stories of the comic books back into the real story. I, I just thought it was it was really it was really cool. Yeah, I adored this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are saying this is the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, God, I don't know if it's just the nostalgia holding me back. I'm not sure I would go that far to say it's the best. Um, I think I'd still give that the Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi film. Oh, we know. Um, and maybe that's just because Spider-Man, to me, is the Peter Parker character. Or at least that's the character I came to know Spider-Man as I grew up with. Right. So I have that nostalgic connection. And this is not at all a Peter Parker-centric film. It's Miles Morales' story. So 
um it's a great introduction to that character i imagine a lot of people are completely unfamiliar with him um and i i've had an awareness of miles morales he was introduced in the ultimate spider-man comic arc um or series which ultimate marvel's a whole other very long discussion um i think he's been folded into the main marvel continuity at this point in the comics uh the Mm -hmm. first i'd ever really seen him like I didn't, I haven't kept up to date with them. But in the Spider-Man PS4 game yeah, that came yeah. out this year, Miles is a part of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a good way to include him. Yeah, but this, I mean, they do such a good job of immediately. I feel investing you in this character. He's he's very charming, um, very likable, and watching his growth as a hero. Uh, by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, I'm full on board. I'm a Miles Morales fan. Yeah. Always have been. Yeah. Since yeah. the day there's, I was born, I've always loved him. There's great, there's great progression there. And on that, uh, on the same note, too, I, I agree is that I, I absolutely loved this movie. The animation mm-hmm. was stellar. The voice acting was incredible. The humor was on point. I laughed a bunch during this thing. Um, but yeah, at that same point, you, it's hard to say it's the best Spider-Man movie because I'm so attached to Peter Parker as well. I'm clearly much more of a dc fan that is no doubt i will not hide that i i love you know all of dc's heroes but one hero that will always be in my top three no matter what is spider-man because i grew up with him i watched the animated series i played spider-man nintendo 64 i had action figures of spider-man i absolutely loved him as same with x-men is i grew up with those animated shows much like batman the animated series so they always will hold a special place in my heart and spider-man's always going to be one of my top three heroes um so yeah, it's kind of like seeing like with the rumor DC might not use Bruce Wayne in future movies and maybe they'll go with Dick Grayson or something. It just isn't Batman to me if it's not Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of you kind of have that nervous energy when this movie starts up like am I going to like this cuz this isn't going to focus on Peter. Turns out right. really liked it. I was very familiar with Miles Morales as a character because if I just I just follow pop culture in general like you guys do and so I've always been familiar with him for for years. Um so when they announced his character is going to be the lead of the animated movie, I thought it made sense because the live action stuff's all been Peter Parker. So mm-hmm. try and take a different angle. Um and I thought they did a great job with Miles. I thought there yeah. was great character development there. I thought there was like you, Tanner said, that he was very likable, uh, very charismatic, and um, uh, someone you wanted to root for e- very easily. It, the way they presented it, too, it was an origin story without you really realizing it was an origin story. It's true. Yeah, I just kind of went along with it and didn't yeah. really touch on too many things too heavily. Yeah, I, it's, I agree. That's, I think that also helps, though, too, because mm-hmm. there's, there's Spider-Man already in Miles Morales' world. Right. Spider-Man already exists. There wasn't, like... With most of these origin stories, it's like, oh my gosh, there's more of me type mm-hmm. thing. It's kind of cool to see it. Hey, this is a guy who's going to also be Spider-Man in a world where Spider-Man is already super famous and exists. I thought that was a really, made definitely made his origin story way more unique compared to others and how mm-hmm. that and how that turns out to be because he gets those similar powers to Spider-Man and everything. And I like how it's about, the film is... It's about Spider-Man. Um, I'm 
I don't know if that makes sense what I'm trying to say. But what they really drive home is what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man, regardless if it's Miles Morales or Peter Parker or Peter P. Parker or Gwen Stacy, um, is the aspect of the indomitable will. So that's that's a very... Um, it's not like it's a superpower, but that's the thing throughout Peter Parker's story is just the never getting up. He always finds the strength to get back on his feet, keep fighting. Kind of like uh, Goku, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm, he just mm-hmm. He's always got a little extra push in him, and that's kind of the lesson that Miles has to learn in this movie is yeah. to keep standing back up. Yeah, and it's it very much, yeah, it very much carries throughout the movie that the the theme is clearly like anyone can wear the mask as a matter of fact that's like kind of what they say at the very end um and just kind of you know saying spider-man approaching spider-man is it's an idea in the universe and it's something that can be um anyone who wants to be spider-man simply has to you know follow in his footsteps and and the idea of what he he stands for for overall good and whatnot it's very similar to the dark knight rises with bruce wayne leaving the mantle and essentially saying the exact same thing anyone can wear the mask and uh leaving it up to someone else to fill that role so um i don't know if that's the vibe i get that man well, the, at the Dark Knight Rises, he you know, that leaves. anyone can ma- wear the mask. I know that that's kind of well, what he was hoping. I think he's, but, he's, well, he says he says in the movies, he's like, you know, he he he's an idea that he's a symbol, and he's not really meant to be a thing, but rather a symbol for what uh, what justice should be to him and not. I think I mean he says that in Batman Begins. He's like, I can be an idea, sure, a symbol. Or something. Yeah, so that's where I got that from. And I think that's what he was talking about when, you know, he leaves it for Joseph Gordon Levitt's character to find the Batcave and everything and say, Hey, I'm piecing out of here. Um, but you know, take up the idea if you want, type of thing. But yeah, so that's I, I kind of feel that way about Into the Spider Verse. Um very, very good overall, guys, I, I think. So I think I want to go into spoilers now, honestly. I just wanted to cover that pretty quick. <laughs> did you have more you want to talk before we do that yeah i mean i feel like there's a few non-spoilery things sure. i can get to um the soundtrack was great that yeah. was great they're yeah. not necessarily songs that i would listen to independently of the movie but like the score for when it's like a really intense moment just this weird alarming kind of um almost got like a siren or like a what's that called klaxon the the alarm things on like i don't know why i'm looking at you um i don't know what i'm getting at but there's just this it's this like weird like like it strikes like a nerve like it just makes you instantly feel like oh my god this is like super intense right Right. now i was thinking about about prowler's theme yeah sounded like the it sounded like the orcs horn or something like that every time he showed up i was like it's freaking out Paige was legitimately scared she's like leaned over and goes who is that? And I was like, that's an enemy called a prowler. And she's like, he's scary. Did a lot to, funny. to add to the, to the tension or the, uh, just the, the hype right. of any given and it's, scene. I'm glad you brought up the score too. Cause I'm, I honestly, I didn't notice the score as much. And the reason being is I get distracted by 
pop heavy soundtracks. Yeah, it's not. And mm-hmm. and so they they you know put in there's obviously it's like, no Suicide Squad. Right, it's not no Suicide Squad, but it's like it's all original songs for their album that plays a lot. Like Sunflower by is one of the songs Miles listens to, and there's Start a Riot and all these other like kind of poppy rap songs that come through in the movie and I get distracted by those and I forget what the score was even like other than Prowler's theme which is pretty intense um I also really like just the the character design and a lot of this is lifted directly from the comics um but uh Spider-Man Noir voiced by Nicolas Cage who might have been my favorite um, they they did tweak his appearance a little, give him the classic trench coat and the fedora to look like you know, gumshoe detective, like kind of a Dick Tracy thing going a on. A real sleuth. Um, uh, when Stacy, her Spider Woman, it's a cool outfit. Again, that's lifted directly from the comics, but... I and dig I'm, it. It's kind of got this, like, uh, I mean, it's instantly recognizable as, like, a riff on the Spider-Man suit, but kind of got, like, this modern, like, woman's active wear thing going on with yeah, it. Yeah, a little Lululemon. Like, it like seems like, yeah, like a, like a teenage, you know, young woman might wear something like that maybe when she's fighting crime. It seems more practical than, like, you know, comics with female characters for the longest still to this day, you know, the outfits tend to get unnecessarily sexualized and it's hard to imagine anyone actually wearing something like that. But, uh, I don't know the looks, they were all cool. They all, um, very unique, but, uh, all fit the characters very well. I was actually pleasantly surprised that they called her spider woman, which is what she's called for the most part in the comics and not spider Gwen as she's, as her comic is called. And I was like, are they going to call her Spider Gwen in this thing? Oh, Which yeah, is like yeah, literally one... her, 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 you know, hidden, what is that? Her uh, alter ego. Mm-hmm. I can't, is that what, yeah. Um, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised they called her Spider Woman. And actually now in the comics, they're calling her Ghost Spider. That's like her official name is Ghost Spider. That's pretty well, cool. Yeah. Did she, I haven't read her series. I'm not sure if she had like a superhero moniker. She did. I think a lot of times new. just the fandom referred to her as Spider Gwen because yeah. they didn't have anything else to really call yeah. her. Now they call her they call her Ghost Spider. I mean, I think it's cool, but also it's kind of like generic, generic, like shady name in front of the hero. It's like Shadow Spider, Shadow Flame Spider. It's I'm like, down no. with it. I think Ghost Spider school, I guess. But yeah, that that was that's I was like the surprised. scariest thing I can. Imagine. A spider you can't kill. They call her Daddy Long. It's already dead. Daddy Long Legs. Why does it linger? But but also about Spider Man Noir and that little clip where we got to see like his backstory. I'm like, holy hell! I want a Spider Man Noir movie. Yes, yes, dude. That animation that was, was cool. Awesome. So that's fighting Nazis. That was so great. What I'm almost kind of hoping is if Sony maybe tries to take the Spider Verse concept and make it like yes. their Lego Movie yeah. franchise. Give like um. Some of these other characters, their own movies. I think that's. I think that's definitely what they're going for because they're realizing, hey, we can do something with animation that we can't do with live action, and that's have, yep. you know, well, I, they could do it with live action. I just think they're like, hey, our live action stuff pretty much blows all the time, other than our original Spider Man trilogy. Um, so I think that's one of the things they're looking at here is that hey, we can do things with this animation stuff 
that we wouldn't have been able to do in live action. I can bring in all these characters in every movie I want to, and it's and it's just a voice acting gig, and here's the characters, and people can get a kick out of them. It reminds... Noir Spider-Man has the best lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, you can't even remember all of them because there's so much thrown at you. Um, I Nick Cage's second best performance of the year, I would say, after Mandy. Um, check out Mandy. It's weird. Yeah. I heard that uh, was weird. I do want to see it. But I just love that the the whole noir thing, the throwback to the pulpy, again, gumshoe, detective, that kind of action, kind of like, again, like Dick Tracy or like Green Hornet or the Phantom um, or Lobster Johnson, because we're going to go into Hellboy later. That's a Hellboy-related character. Yeah. That's, Yeah. I would just love a whole movie of a Spider noir. noir Spider-Man yeah. shooting Nazis. I think that sounds great. It honestly does. I think I think it does. So I'm I'm yeah, there that's kind of yeah. I love that little bit of animation and I really hope to see more of that. Um so let's move into spoiler territory now. Let's do that. Spoilers right now. It's happening spoiler at this moment. Time. So you have until I finish the sentence to leave this podcast if you don't want to be spoiled. And here we go. So I was very surprised that they just went ahead with the Peter Parker dying thing. I thought that was clearly, yeah. I did not yeah. think that I, I obviously in the trailer, they said it looked like he was actually going to die, but I did not think they were actually going to do that. And, and he's straight up dead. I got so caught up in that sequence because I just, it, he's sort of like the perfect version of Spider-Man. Um, Though he's not the Peter Parker we know because they he has like blonde hair yeah, and, and he's a stud and looks yeah, like a six foot five model. He just comes off like cartoon such a model, cartoon, such model. a great like veteran Spider Man. Like he's still quipping, but like he's just on top of everything. Right, he's handling yep. it. But then he kind of, I don't. I would have liked to have seen him die, like maybe directly sacrificing himself yeah. he kind of just gets whooped yeah he which was a little a little bit of a bummer yeah um, i mean i feel like he's been in that situation a hundred times but this time he's just like yeah this we're is the second this time this year we've had to watch spider-man die no it is um, it is true this one was more emotional right i mean that's it <laughs> no, <laughs> i don't think so no <laughs> but but it was interesting to see to see uh that peter parker from the earth yeah. miles morales is from dying when he was wanting to show him the ropes uh, i was surprised yeah and uh and they stuck to it and it definitely left that open gap for miles miles of spider-man to uh come up and take that spot um and obviously i think that was a cool way to bring in that spider-man from a different universe peter b parker peter b parker to uh to tutor him instead finally like 35 yeah finally a, a superhero with a male physique that we can all hope to attain <laughs> one day. The, the dad bod physique. The sweatpants. I, I love in his origin when he's like, yeah, you know, I'm fighting crime, working out, and he's just sitting there eating pizza. I yeah. just love I love that bit where where Aunt May was like, oh my God, are those sweatpants? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, that was just so funny. That was a, that was a great bit. Um, so, I yeah, that, I thought that was an interesting choice. The one thing I didn't like in this movie, though, and... I understand there's a need. There's a there's a necessary need to show characters in different ways. I was kind of bummed in the villains. I'm a traditionalist. I wanted to see a animated traditional Green Goblin, a traditional Scorpion, a traditional Doc Ock, a traditional uh, 
even a Venom. I, I I was bummed with the I was bummed with the villains that we got. I was shocked at their restraint, though. Like they had villains in it, but Scorpion was in it for like a little bit, and he was like some sort of. I didn't. I didn't really understand what type of scorpion he was supposed to be. He was a weird mechanical robot scorpion, yeah, and uh, who looked like he came from Mad Max. And obviously, Doc Ock was the uh, was the female Doc Ock. Uh, I, I, I liked that because I, I, I wasn't expecting that, was cool. that no, at yeah, all. Yeah, that was a wrong. nice I twist. It, I thought it yeah. was cool. I just was still at the same time. I'm like, I kind of like this. I would love to see some more of the traditional characters in this animated see, style. The thing, but the the whole thing is that it's an alternate right thing. So. They have room. They almost are compelled to do different takes on but this. If you noticed in the Peter B. Parker flashback, um, he was fighting Doc Ock, who had the metal arms. Yeah, you but then saw you go to arm. the other. Yeah, then oh. you go to the older universe. What? Sorry, but by when that scene where that the lady scientist or Liv, when you find out she is who she is, they're um, coming into the office. You see this apparatus on the table. I'm like, that looks like a classic Doc Ock arm. It's I just laying there. Yeah. And then, you know, moments later, she's revealed to be jelly, jelly armed Doc, Dr. Ock. Octopus. Mm-hmm. That was, that was cool. That was a cool I, little bit of subtle yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah. And I liked her animation and her overall, the design of the character. Is she, do you know from the comics, is she a traditional character? Is that someone that's actually appeared before the sister of Doc Ock? <sighs> With that type of those those jelly arms and everything, I don't know. Uh, I haven't. I don't think so. The the thing I like though is they made all the villains very unique, like ones you hadn't expected from previous movies. Yeah, I mean they definitely showed restraint too, with like just overall like how many villains they could include and everything. I was kind of surprised. Uh, very surprised actually. Kingpin was the main villain of this mm-hmm. movie. I was very surprised they chose Kingpin. Coming off that Daredevil hype, yeah, because yep. I think a lot of people identify Kingpin as the Daredevil villain, as mm-hmm. even though he's originally a Spider-Man. He's kind of yeah, shared villain. He's originally right. Spider-Man's main villain, or one of Spider-Man's biggest foes, and was originally written to be a Spider-Man villain. But I think I think what they did is because Daredevil wasn't selling well, they needed a, a reason to get Daredevil comic books selling, I believe, and so they started writing Kingpin into main parts, and he's kind of now become uh, Daredevil's main villain and uh, uh, just another one of the rogues in Spider-Man's gallery of rogues. So, um, but yeah, I I thought that bit was I I like the I like the villains. I I like I said I'm more of a traditionalist, so I kind of hoping we'd see some of the original villains and we didn't we didn't which is okay um but you saw the green goblin yeah but the green goblin was like a big old goblin did he die in the beginning I, it, like when the thing blows up so. oh he must have because we never saw him yeah again. that was yeah. a little confusing to me he must have he must have died in the explosion that must have been it because we'd, yeah. we'd never see him again yeah, because Green Goblin, obviously, he's he's a goblin in the comics, but he's not like an actual giant, a hulking, idiotic, mm-hmm. slobbering demon goblin. He's just a Norman Osborn going a little crazy. They kind of borrowed a bit more also from the Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man because in that, like, Green Goblin and Hobgoblin are basically, like, almost like the Incredible Hulk. Like, they, they hulk out and turn into these big, scaly, horned monsters Although in this movie he has like wings, but he's still got the classic Green Goblin yeah. like purple like nightcap yeah. thing. Yeah, that's actually you know that's funny too that they actually were originally making an animatronic mask for 
Willem, Willem Dafoe yeah, to wear seen, for the original Spider-Man. Yeah. It actually looks kind of cra- cool, but at the same time, he also looks like a Power Ranger villain. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people still think he looks like a Power Ranger villain in Spider-Man, but I, I don't think so. I think it looks kind of cool. Anyways, um, you know, another thing, too, is that end credit. Did you stay till the past the credits? Yeah. That was hilarious. Oscar Isaac voicing yeah. Miguel yeah. O'Hara, yeah, a.k.a. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099, I think. No, 2099, yeah. Why are you pointing me at me like that? This, yeah, this yeah. is your what chance like, to uh, so to explain a meme on the podcast and not be oh, yeah. completely oh. off topic. So they cover the Spider-Man pointing at himself meme where there are two Spider-Mans across from each other pointing at each other and they usually you know people be self-depreciating where it's like deprecating deprecating can't say depreciating with that i don't think that makes sense son of a gun <sighs> deprecating um where he where it's like it's like i've already lost it let's just not do that but yeah they make fun of that meme and it's pretty funny so what well, so i kind of want to go back to going through the movie with how they introduce the characters so gwen stacy no, I may not understand the how the movie f- like flowed correctly, but did she appear at a school before the fight scene? Yeah, where they they say the is open? when she comes into Miles's universe, she also does it a week in the past, which seems kind of goofy because none of the other characters I think time jump like no. that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how they explain it. Okay, because I after I saw it, I was like, oh, it's really cool. I'm like. That doesn't flow very well, though. Yeah. So, um, but again, it, it kind of brings back later in the movie where he sees the void and you can hear her voice saying, hey, like, are you free? Or I, I don't remember what she yeah, says exactly. We're going to find out why but, he, those portals can be open. I wonder if uh, Spider-Woman comes up with a way to be able to just open dimensions and go visit other well, people. So I mm-hmm. hope if they do sequels, they... I'm sure they will. This well, make sure, it. But they, they actually already confirmed. They keep the Spider-Verse aspect where these characters can come back together. Maybe, like, they'll all visit the original universes of these characters, mm-hmm. like, spend some time in... Noir the universe. The Noir universe, or maybe hop universe. around. Because yeah. then Spider-Man 2099, he built his own device, I guess, which is allowing him to jump oh, around. Yeah, that, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Don't Where really do you want know. to go to first? Earth Back to the beginning. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's very interesting. And that's going to be a unique uh, way they could take it. They actually yeah. also already confirmed there's going to be a spinoff woman animated where it's, it's uh, Spider-Women leadiness or uh, oh. all women characters is already confirmed that they're gonna mm. this is in development mm. so and the sequel obviously is in development for this movie too so it looks like they're gonna go forward with a total animated universe and i wish them the best of luck i think I, this movie is super encouraging yep. and it's gonna be different we've never gotten something like it, this before i thought so. it was a good way to introduce the multiverse theory yeah. See, you know marvel's gonna be doing it with the disney franchise fairly soon i mean that's what all the theories are so it was a good way to I would say for Sony to incorporate into one of their movies, so you're not thrown back and surprised. Yep. Well, boys, I think that I think that wraps up our our Spider-Man review. I think we covered spoilers and non-spoiler things alike. Got our points across pretty well. Is is there anything else we want to say before we sign our final ratings? Um, I guess just in terms of negatives. Yeah. My two. My biggest issue. Two issues, I guess. Um, one being, as much as I liked uh, all the different Spider people, like it's really only uh, Spider Woman and Peter B. Parker 
that are particularly relevant to Miles, while Spider-Man uh, Noir and Spider-Ham and um, Penny Parker, Penny Parker, they add a lot of fun flavor to the movie, mm-hmm. but they're introduced so late and they don't really contribute anything other than just the humor and then the yeah. final action sequence. I think it would have been nice if they're introduced either earlier or that in combination with having some kind of B subplot to to pursue. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it is Miles Morales's story, so maybe they thought that would distract too much. It's just yeah. when you have that many characters, you need them all to do something, and I felt like they weren't really doing a whole also, lot. So at the end of the day, it is a, it is an animated movie, so the humor needs to be there. That's that. So I understand sure. why mm-hmm. their characters were in those parts that they were. Um, also, as much as I liked the animation, I felt, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I think the way they styled some of the, the buildings or the out static objects, they looked out of focus. Yeah. And for a second, I was like, are they playing like the 3D yeah. version on that's Mistake? Funny. That's funny that you brought that up. It bugged me. And someone I talked to over the weekend said they saw it in 3D and they didn't really notice that so much, but... They then looked up like clips online or something, and then they're like, "Man, that does look blurry." There were I loved the animation, but there were parts where I'm like, "Okay, those buildings look out of focus to the yeah." Which is because it's an animated yeah. film. Why are they out of yeah. focus? And it, and it was um, starting to bo- it was starting to bother me too. It was actually kind of hurting my eyes. I'm hoping the home release looks it. a little more sharp. Yeah, because uh, that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I was. I I think. Honestly, I think that was just a stylistic choice, and they're they're just thinking Not a hey, good this idea. looks like a comic thing. And I'm like, yeah, let's change that. They up. need to clean that up. A I little. imagine since mm-hmm. neither one of us prompted each other to bring that up, and we both were thinking it, that this is something that many people have noticed. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, um, it, it just happened in some bits when Miles was walking down the street. But yeah, all right, boys, um, let's go ahead and sign our final ratings. This thing, I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. I very, very much enjoyed it. I think it's a great Spider-Man movie. I think it's one of the best animated movies I've seen, and I think it's probably my animated movie of the year. Um, and I really liked it. Tanner, yeah, I'd say nine out of ten for me. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, I I gave it a four point five out of five on Letterbox. Oh, so a nine I think out of 10. I did too. Yeah, yeah that, I think I did as well. I thought, yeah, it was really well done. I started at a four, thought about it a little more, bumped it up to a four point five. Yep. Charlie hasn't seen this. Charlie, what do you give our review? Um, well, I have actually a couple of things that I think are interesting. You guys are talking about. Yeah, go for it. You guys are talking about portals. <laughs> being opened and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and i just gotta say right off the bat i just i i don't like that idea <laughs> i don't like it and the only reason i don't and i'm a bit of a curmud- curmudgeon when it comes to this but i hate when they when people do things where it seems like it's such an obvious future cash grab that all the future movies that are going to come from this movie are not going to be as good as the movie you just saw. And I think it's going to disappoint you greatly because it's going to be all about the money. And I hate that. Oh, sure. Come up with something new. Come I'm... up with something fresh. Quit just opening portals just so you can come up with random. Yeah. And I think that's a problem that they'll have to take. Well, that's something they'll have to take a look at because they definitely don't want you to feel that way. I don't imagine. But they can definitely push this too far. I think they will. They probably, that's my fear here is that Sony is going to learn all the wrong lessons from the success of this film. Oh, yeah. Because, guys, 
in case I haven't made it clear, Sony Pictures are dumb, dumb doo-doo heads, and they don't know what they're doing. And so now they have two relatively, in the case of Venom, uh, successful Spider-Man films in a row. They're probably just going to kick back and be like, you know what? We don't need Kevin Feige anymore. We don't need Marvel. We can do whatever we want with Spider-Man. And then they're going to pump out amazing Spider-Man level crap again for the next five years. And we're going to go back into Spider-Man Dark Ages. Well, let's not get too down on our luck here with what we've got. Let's appreciate the movie for what it is and round this bad boy out. Well, yeah, that's just, I mean, I'm just bringing up things that, listening to you talk yeah. about the movie is my thoughts and also it's fair. I, uh also i think the title of the movie sucks it's it's definitely <laughs> um, i think it should be something else well the spider verse is actually something that really exists in the comics so i think that's why they they or the multiverse does so that's why sure. they, i just don't think you should call it a spider verse i think it's yeah. dumb yeah, that, that it's, could be true. They don't call it the Spider Verse in the film, though. Exactly. So um, why why title the it's movie? It's just Spider-verse? a mark. I, the whole concept is <laughs> true. It's extreme goofiness. Um, but as an animated film, I think it's fine. Um, they're not trying to connect it to any of the live action movies yet. There are some callbacks to the Raimi films, but that's mm-hmm. more of just a, a meta gag that rather than scene. yeah. That was great. Uh, it's fine if these films stay contained within their own thing. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, well, well, we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And that is the final part of our Spider Verse, or rather, Spider Man into the Spider Verse review. On the same topic of Spider Man in superhero movies, Hellboy got a new motion po- picture or motion poster. Yesterday, that looked really, really neat. Uh, it has David Harbour and the Hellboy attire, and it looks really cool. We're apparently getting a new trailer this week. Now, I've never seen any of the Hellboy movies. I hear they're underappreciated gems, but I'm also a huge fan of David Harbour, so I'm I'm very excited for Hellboy because, you know, who doesn't like David Harbour and Stranger Things? He looks like he got jacked for this role. Tanner, I, uh, you're a Hellboy guy. Yeah, so Hellboy is my number one um comic character i was introduced to through the first film which introduced me to the character also to guillermo del toro as a filmmaker do you have any of the hellboy funko pops i do have a hellboy um and i have all the the mainline story graphic novel collections um in my room right now wow um so i do think after i started reading the comics um my opinion of the Guillermo del Toro movie soured a little bit. I still think they're perfectly enjoyable, but I think he kind of tonally strays from what the comics are all Takes about. Too much freedom. With He's it. a little too goofy, a little too lighthearted with it. Um, but in, Guillermo's a very imaginative guy, so he does his own take on it. But it, it's more like Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy rather than Mike Mignola's. Hellboy, he's the creator, the original writer and artist. Um, That being said, I know a lot of people were really wanting a third one from him, and it never happened. It's definitely not going to happen now, because this new film is, I guess you would call it a reboot. Um, It's not a remake of the first one, because it's covering a different story. Yeah, it's totally different. But it's not within that continuity. Um. I think David Harbour is a good actor. 
I have a bad feeling about this one. Was um, it because the original tagline was legendary AF? Yeah, that's horrible. That was awful. It's gone now. It's I done. I don't like the look of Hellboy. They look the exact same. No, 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 the no, 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 Identical. No, they've given him this big butt prosthetic chin with this gross stringy black goatee. He's got his hair undone and looks, he looks like a shitty 80s metal album cover come to life. And I feel like that's what he looks like in the graphic novels. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I know no. he keeps like a tight samurai, samurai bun. Yeah. It's just, Maybe he'll do it. It looks. It just looks off. And the director Neil Marshall, um, he's done did a horror movie called The Descent, which is kind of like a cult classic, modern cult classic in the horror genre. He's directed some episodes of Game of Thrones, which were good, big battle episodes. I don't think he's otherwise a good filmmaker. Uh, he does a lot of basically, I would consider direct to DVD schlock. I'm some people just need their breakthrough. Maybe I question his ability to sustain because you look at Hellboy and it's called Hellboy, right? He's this big demon with like a big rock arm. He fights monsters. You think this is just going to be some kind of schlocky, um, goofy horror action? romp um with the source material that's it has all the aesthetics of that but it's a very um more of a meditative story it's uh it's introspective it's gentle there's a lot of nice visual subtle um storytelling um very uh it's a very deep very emotionally rich story and I think Guillermo moved away from that. He got more and more goofy and just silly with it. I don't think Neil Marshall is has the nuance to pull off a, a good adaptation uh, that fits the spirit of it. I don't think he can do that either. I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, I don't feel good about it. But we're going to get a trailer Thursday, apparently. So that will either... It won't confirm my fears, but it'll definitely push me more one way or the other, I guess. Charlie, have you ever seen the Hellboy movies? Do you have any thoughts on Hellboy? Uh, I saw the first one, uh, the Ron, the first Ron Perlman one, yeah. a long time ago. Um, John Hurt's also in that film as right. uh, Professor Broom. That's right. And uh, from what I can remember, I thought uh, I liked it. Uh, I, I'm always a fan of uh, weird kind of alien-like creatures, and I like that that little water dude with the big eyes. I, Abe Sapien. Yeah, yep. Abe Sapien. Is, no, no. Sorry, is that the same I guy that's, that's in, water dude with big eyes? Is that the same guy that's in? Uh, <laughs> I believe that's his name. Oh, Shape of Water. Shape of water. No, it's not the same they character. Look, I, identical. They though. look similar. If you pull Played up by a side by guy. side, played mm-hmm. by the same guy. It's not. Yep. Ape Sapien, Shape of Water. It's not, but that's a lot of people are like, oh, is that Ape Sapien? Or, and it's not. But yeah, but yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. Honestly, I can't. We I'd should have, watch those together. I'd have to go back and, and watch it to really give you a firm opinion. But from what I remember, I do remember and for what it was. I mean, I don't think it was. You I think know, 
you came over once a long time ago. We watched that uh, back when I was in like high school or something together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's and I've only seen it once, and it's the only Hellboy, Hellboy movie I've seen. So I'd have to go back and and rewatch it to really give you a firm stance on it. But I do remember enjoying it uh, when I watched it the first time. So I don't know. I mean, I've I haven't heard anything about this new Hellboy movie. I don't I don't really understand Tanner's gripe with the look of him. I think he looks pretty badass. I thought so too. <laughs> I don't know. I think it makes him look a little bit more like a demon than Ron Perlman's slick back balding. <laughs> but they're but... <laughs> they're leaning so hard into that demonic thing, which is yeah, you can overdo you can, it. Not you can, who you, Hellboy yeah, you don't is lean, at his core. He's a man at heart. You don't want to lean too hard into the demon aspect of a character named Hellboy. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> That's the point. That's yeah. the point of it. Yeah. It's overcoming um how you're perceived. Sure. You know, I need to I need how to watch the movies. So you n- read I read the comics. Read I know the you source read material the comics, starting yeah. with Seed of Destruction, uh then Wake the Devil. I think but, the third one's more of a short story collection. It, seed of Destruction, it, Wake the Devil and Conqueror Worm. Uh read those three. So is it kind of like Little Nicky? Someone coming yes, from hell. Yes, it's like little Nicky. I will. And also, I don't know what it is, but I'm really digging. By the way, I'm really, I'm really digging uh, the marketing campaign. So I, I'm a sucker for good marketing, uh, and I really you like, like legendary AF as no, your tagline. I hated that. The new one though, it's uh, even demons have demons, and I thought that was a pretty good line. Um, and it's uh, better than legendary. It, AF. It's better than legendary AF. Hashtag legendary AF. I freaking hated the, that yeah um the motion poster um i think the tagline on that one says darkness calls yeah which i believe is the actual name of a volume from the graphic novels well, i just like the i i don't know i just like the aesthetics that are a, um, a part of this film so far of the clips i've seen i like the character designs i love that they're using the straight up hellboy comic logo and a very nice presentable way because i love the hellboy logo and the other one was kind of like metaled up and there is extra details and i love that it's just a flat looking logo i don't know i'm just a sucker for good graphic design and good marketing so i'm i'm excited for it because the logo looks cool no and i like david harbour i think uh i think he's a passionate actor and i love him in stranger things so i'm rooting hard for it and i want to watch it tim have you have any uh thoughts or feelings on hellboy at all uh, I don't really have many thoughts on it because I haven't seen the first one. I mean, the original ones that Guillermo del Toro made. Um, Guillermo del Toro. I mean, it, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Max, where I, I do like uh, uh, David Harbour. We're going to keep rolling through so, that. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'll see when it comes out. I'm not having really high expectations here's, for it, though. So. Here's why you shouldn't, is because the villain of this film... uh is played by Mila Jovovich, who we might all know um, as Lilu from Fifth Element, yep. has recently spent the past decade or two of her life pumping out the Resident Evil films, mm. which are so trash. They made six of so them. So bad. <laughs> they made six of them, though. So garbage. Crazy. Yeah. Like I looked at the aggregate Rotten Tomato score for the entire franchise. It's like t- t- 
25%, and they made like six of those bitches. Yeah, and, at a certain point, Rotten Tomato scores don't matter. Apparently. So, if you're making six movies, then you have a fan base. Yeah. Sure, but if you're a villain, if you can't get an actress other than Mila Jovovich on board, either your script is garbage or the people involved were like, you know what, Mila, I see something in her. Well, you know the highly bankable Mila Jovovich. It's very funny Critical darling too. Mila Jovovich. It's so funny you say that too because honestly, if we weren't talking about, if you did not bring up Resident Evil and whatnot, if you just straight up say, hey, who's Mila Jovovich? I would be like, dude, honestly, I have no idea. And she's been in six highly marketed movies over the past 15 years, and I would have no idea who she was off the top of my head if I did not, if you did not already bring up Resident Evil. Also, this film's current release date is in between DC Shazam and the next Avengers film. That is how you kill a movie at the box office. The reason why Hellboy 2 failed so hard is because it went up like a week or two right before The Dark Knight. Yeah, that was a bad decision. Bad timing. So they're doing the same thing with this one. Yeah. Shazam's going to be a good movie, Charlie. I don't know why you rolled your eyes at Shazam. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to wait and see on that one, bud. Your namesake is playing the lead character, Chuck himself, from the hit TV sitcom, Chuck. Starring Zachary <laughs> Levi. You're not selling me anymore. On this <laughs> well, movie. it's gonna kill Hellboy because this film is it's dead on arrival. Well, unless well, they change that release date around. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. There's always, I mean, thing is though, is like at this point in time in this, it's like there's a comic book movie every two months, so it's like you know, pick your poison. It's 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 gonna happen. I think Shazam would probably be out of the next out of the 2019 superhero movies. I think Shazam's probably the most logical one to go up against because you're going up against uh, well, not a superhero movie, but you got Star Wars and you got uh, Avengers and you got Spider Man and you have Shazam. And I'm probably like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I'm probably like, yeah, let's do Shazam. That's probably the most realistic one we could have a chance. Yeah, against. but then Avengers is out like two weeks after it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting overall. But I think it's a low budget film, uh, so I think they're okay with this. They just kind of they want to get their tap their foot in the water and see what happens. Test those waters, and I'll, I'll watch it. They're gonna find them awful cold. Um, no chance in Hellboy. And well, <laughs> oh. Well, uh, and, you know, let's round this thing out with our Aquaman looking. What's an Aquaman looking? You may be wondering. What is an Aquaman dive looking? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what an Aquaman looking is, but I'm a little concerned, but I'm not really. Aquaman scene is 69% fresh. I decided a long time ago, when I say a long time ago, I meant when I found out Aquaman is 69% fresh, that I'm not going to care about what Rotten Tomatoes says. I'm going to go to this movie and I'm going to decide if I'm going to enjoy it or not. And here's the thing. But you should always do. that. It is. But it's hard sometimes when people are so negative about something to not let their negative thoughts affect the way you see a film. Now, I think I find myself actually just more likely than not agreeing with critics. So when I go to see these movies that are critically panned, it's not like I just didn't enjoy it because I read the critic reviews beforehand. It's turning out that they're actually probably just bad movies because I went and saw Venom this year. I got panned uh, the holy hell out of it, and I just had a blast at that movie. And, you know, people might not like it, but I, I had a great time. So I'm rooting for the sequels, and obviously there will be because they made a ton of money. 
but Aquaman sitting at 69%. I'm still excited for it. I'm still seeing it Thursday night, opening day. I still want to see more of this DCU action, and Aquaman right now, guys, is literally pacing a billion dollars at the box office. Let me just clarify that. Justice League with Superman and Batman made like $636 million, and freaking Aquaman is going to <laughs> almost devil it up. Where are they getting this projection from? If you just do, if you just look at, if you look at projections in general, if you look at the pace it's made overseas so far, with what it's projected to get in America, it is clearly looking like 900k to 900 million to a billion. It is the it is outgrossed so far. Iron Man three and Spider Man Homecoming and Avengers two. It's freaking blowing them out of the water in terms of opening weekend numbers, and it's it's nuts. Those DC I like that pun. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Thanks. Here's the thing. I'm more interested in just knowing what the domestic gross is going to be. It's going to do well overseas because Especially it's a Atlantis. big, dumb action movie with lots of monsters. Well, the domestic gross, I think, is like looking at 200,000. I mean, 200,000. <laughs> 200,000. <laughs> wow. Bad. That's going to be a big drop in the pond. <laughs> That'd be a flop. Yeah, but <laughs> we got all the Aquaman puns. But are you excited to see this, Chuck? Uh, no. <laughs> No, uh, not not excited at all to see it. Um, but honestly, seeing on Rotten Tomatoes that it's that there people are saying that it's not garbage has me interested to entertain the idea of going and seeing it. I'm I just, not gonna go and see it by myself. I, I have to, but but I have to just. I love what they've done with this. It looks like they've they've just taken such epic scale with it. And they're going all in with these fish scales. Yeah, look, <laughs> with these seven, you know, the seven kingdoms underwater, and it just looks massive. Seven man. kingdoms. There's seven kingdoms. There's seven seas. There's seven kingdoms. Is there too. a kingdom for each sea? Not sure. We'll have to find out Thursday night when Aquaman releases. Are you confusing this worldwide. with Game of Thrones? No. Charlie, <laughs> are you looking for clarification on that? Because I uh, have Aquaman no is Game idea. of Thrones, right? But, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still very excited for the movie. I'm still excited to see Surfer Bro Aquaman, um, and uh, I, I I'm excited to see it. It just looks like fun, and I think that's why it's going to do well domestically. Is it looks like it's a fun Christmas time movie. You go see it with the family. It's just action packed. It's all good natured, and it has. For me, I I loved Aqu- I've loved Aquaman. I'm excited to see him get treated well. I think the the fact they were able to bring in Aquaman's original suit, the orange and green, and make it look badass is an achievement in cinema alone that they were able to pull that off. Because who would have thought that would have ever worked in a live action movie? All you got to do is make it shiny. That's what they did. It's I'm, shiny as hell, man. It's real shiny. I'm excited to see the part in the movie where Aquaman. Jumps out of an airplane mid-flight into the desert because that's an environment Aquaman should be in, and he yells "Yahoo" or "Yeehaw" the whole way down. He's a he, what? He's like super strong. He's gonna be fine. Why yeah. is he in an airplane over the? He's Aquaman. I guess Aquaman. Have to find it's a trailer. Out. Keep him right. in the ocean. I, I don't I know what's going out. on. They have to go find things, relics, ancient tombs. Yeah, who knows? Those two uh, should be Jones. in the ocean. I think it'd be an interesting keep the little, whole thing in the ocean. Little science experiment. I'm I'm really interested to know 
exactly how much screen time is going to be filled with Jason Momoa shirtless. That is what I want to know. We can only hope it's a lot. I don't want to watch a two-hour long movie where an hour of it is him just shirtless, which is just purely for for women fans. Do you... um... Now, hold on now. You know when you go to like the pool and some men. I'm just saying I went some men. <laughs> you know when you go to mind. the pool or like water parks and there's always like the middle-aged to 50-year-old men who are wearing t-shirts in the water? Yeah. Do you think <laughs> in, Do you think there's going to be Atlanteans in the movie who like older men who are just wearing t-shirts underwater and they're kind of like floating up maybe around their, the their faces? It's like the white the white Hooters t-shirts. Well, no, yeah, they, it's the shitty t-shirts they get from like walks and stuff like that. It's like Alzheimer's Ron Walk 2008 and they're wearing 5K like, shirts. <laughs> Uh, oh. Yeah, that we can only hope. But um, yeah, so Aquaman right now is sitting at sixty nine percent. I believe it's pays, it's supposed to go two hundred million at the box office. Damn it, two hundred million. That's not right. Yes, I don't know. There, it's pacing a big opening in America, and it's going to be. I think it's going to do well, and it's pacing a billion. So I'm excited to see it, guys. With that, this has been not a very short podcast, like I promised, but it. It is full of superhero news and goodness, and we covered quite a lot of it. Thank you all so much for listening uh, and uh, stopping by today to hear our review of Spider-Man and everything uh, superhero so far. It was a pleasure to have my brother Charlie back on the podcast again. Thank you. He is going to be back weekly, um, at least twice a week, and we'll try and get him on here more if we can. Twice, twice a, a month. month. Twice a month. Twice a month. He's getting his own podcast now. He's doing it twice a week. <laughs> no, uh, we'll be seeing him at least twice a month. If we can get him on more, we will. So, Charlie, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, welcome to have you on board. Thank you very much. Tim Reichmith. Come. No, no. No, no, go ahead. No. Sorry, I didn't know you wanted to say anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. I'm so glad we have you. I'm going to talk over everything you say. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about anything. All right. It's all right. Move on. All right. Uh, t- Tim, thanks again for coming back on the podcast uh, and being here. Yep. Uh, as always, you're a welcome, a welcome co-host. Thank you. And Tanner, thank you, buddy, for your beautiful, beautiful knowledge into the Hellboy universe. And uh, I'm excited to dive into read, more Hellboy news. Read the comics. Okay, read the comics. And again, let's give one one final thought to our boy Jay Katz, who is currently a slumber in his bed, trying to feel better. The boy has a fever, and we all hope that he feels better soon. <laughs> All right. For myself, Max Leadum at Max Fozzie, this has been the Cinemaxic Podcast. Thank you all again for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, comment. I don't know where you can comment on podcasts, but if you can, do it. Um, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, the app. And also, we've been trying a bunch of new things on our podcast, like starting a conversation before the podcast starts and all that stuff. Some people have said, hey, that's new, and I like that. Some people have said, hey, I don't like that. Send us emails. Cinemaxicpod at gmail.com. We need to know what you like, what you don't like, so we can edit this podcast to fine-tune it for your ears. One last time, thank you all again for stopping by today on the podcast. We'll see you next week. Love ya. Keep watching. Bye. 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 Bye.